I want to bring a message to you this morning. It's entitled, The Word of Forgiveness. It's found in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. It is a passage of Scripture I'm sure you have read before, and it's one of those heartwarming stories about how one man was, was healed. And yet, beginning in verse 17 of Luke chapter 5, it says, On one of those days, uh, while he was teaching, the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then, some men came carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. And since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, they lowered him on the stretcher, and yet through the roof, tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. And seeing their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees began to reason. Who is this, this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied, Why are you reasoning this in your heart? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk. But so you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralyzed man, Now I tell you, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. And immediately got up before them, picked up what had been lying on, went home glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded, and they were giving glory to God, and they were filled with awe and said, We have seen incredible things today. You know, when it comes to forgiveness... Forgiveness is a word that reaches every one of us. And you think about relationships. First of all, your relationship to God. If we were to take a, a survey amongst ourselves, every one of us, I'm sure, if we're honest with each other, would raise our hand to say, I have offended God at some point in my life, and I am in need of forgiveness. And in the midst of that confession... I have confessed that, and I have received forgiveness from God. We also can probably take a survey in this very room, again, honest with one another, and say, I have offended someone else, or someone has offended me. And therefore, in the process of that offense, I have had to seek forgiveness from that person, or that person has had to seek forgiveness from me. And yet, in the process forgiveness was granted. It's a wonderful thing when that occurs in that way. Now, we know that there are relationships in our life today that probably need healing. They probably need as well the opportunity of forgiveness. And yet, we've tried over and over, and forgiveness just hasn't happened. And yet, as a result of that, forgiveness is a wonderful thing when we understand forgiveness and the power of forgiveness and what it does to the person who's been forgiven or what has happened to us in our relationship to God, it is a burst of freedom and is a burst of release and restoration happens between that person and the other we're involved with. And so when you think of forgiveness and you think of this passage, there were two things going on in the room. First of all, there was Jesus who was teaching great and mighty teachings with the scribes and Pharisees and everyone who surrounded him. And they were soaking it in like a sponge. And yet Jesus 
Jesus was standing there amongst the crowd, and someone in the, on the outside of the crowd had a, an important need. And the need of the four friends were to bring their friend to Jesus so that he could walk again. That was their aim. But the second thing that was happening in the room is that Jesus was interested in the paralyzed man, but he was interested in more of what he really needed to be healed of. And it wasn't what the four friends thought he needed. Even though they brought him on a stretcher and placed him to Jesus and lowered him down from the roof, Jesus says to him, he doesn't say first, you are going to walk again. He doesn't say to the man, the paralyzed man, you are going to experience life differently from a human perspective because your legs are going to move at one point in your life. He didn't say to this man that physically I'm going to heal you. He looks at the paralyzed man and he says, your sins are forgiven. The four friends, that's not what we brought him for. We brought him so he could walk. We brought him here so that a miracle could happen. And yet, I'm sure another thing going on in the room, a miracle is happening. It's just something different than what they could ever imagine. Sometimes we go into relationships and we are in the midst of that relationship and all of a sudden we realize it's beginning to turn. And a miracle is happening right before us as the healing is beginning to take place as conversation begins to happen and hearts begin to meet and begin to melt. Pride begins to go down. Humility begins to rise up and forgiveness begins to oversee the whole process. Freedom, restoration, joy, release, and peace. So when Jesus was confronted with these men, he recognized that there was something that stood out among all else, and it was faith. It was the faith of these four friends. It was the faith of this man. And while they, this was a bold act on their part to bring this man to Jesus, instead of a, a normal way of pulling Jesus off to the side in a private way, they brought him carrying the project right before them. And sure, it was a sign of faith. If it wasn't a sign of faith, they would have never ventured into this environment for Jesus to provide release. Jesus says to the man, friend, your sins are forgiven. And this is the word of forgiveness that I want us to focus our attention on today. The focus of forgiveness. So let me give you three things about this focus of forgiveness. First of all, the word of forgiveness is needed. It's needed in every person's life. I remember standing before my mom one time when I had done some stupid things and stormed out the house and went about my way. And in the process, on that Thursday evening, I left my home shouting at mom, mom shouting at me, and yet it was just, it was just a uproar. And so I put on the church clothes 
and went to church for the conclusion of the revival meeting, and I got saved. And everything changed. So I was pumped up, and I was ready, and I was thinking, wow, you know, this is great. So I go back home and open the door. I'm smiling from ear to ear. My mom is mad as she could be because she didn't know what had happened to me, all fairness to her. And I said, Mom, you got, yeah, I got to tell you what's happened. Because the pastor said, if there's one person in your life that you could tell what's happened to you today, who would you go tell? And in my mind, I was thinking, I'm going back to tell my mom. Not so that I can get out of trouble, because I definitely needed the uh, 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 spanking. I can tell you that much, even as a teenager, of what I did. And I come in the house and said, Mom, I got saved. And she said, I don't care what's happened to you. Get up to that room. You're not getting any supper until you calm down. You know, she didn't know what had happened to me. And so I went up to the room thinking, that didn't go well. <laughs> I got forgiven by God, but my mom didn't forgive me. So eventually we sat down and we talked about it. We went over the things. And, of course, I apologized and all that sort of thing. Forgiveness was happening. And what, what, what I thought that I needed in my life was one thing. What God knew that I needed in my life was another. And so forgiveness is needed in every person's relationship. So you have, you have to ask the question, what is the greatest need of this man's life that is paralyzed? Without reservation, you know, the friends would say, our friend is in a desperate need of physical healing. His paralysis is keeping him from being able to function as an ordinary human being. But Jesus knew that this man had a need that went deeper than the physical. He knew what guilt was doing to this man's life. The word of forgiveness is needed because of what guilt does to a person's relationship. The relationship to God and the relationship one to another. It was surely a serious matter. This man could no longer walk physically. We're not denying that. That was, that was obviously very important. But it's more than, than that seriousness that, that he could no longer walk in his relationship to God. It was about his walk with God, not his walk with fellow man. So above everything else, mankind was created to know God, to walk in communion with God day to day and enjoy that fellowship forever. We're not told the nature of this man's transgression, but something has happened. If he wasn't in need to be relieved of his guilt and his pain emotionally, Jesus would have said, get up and walk. He'd have never mentioned anything about the sins or transgressions of his life. So we know what was more important in the presence of God. It was so important that that barrier be removed so that forgiveness could happen, so the next step would follow would be the healing of his paralysis. You know, you look in Psalm 51, and there's a beautiful prayer that David presents. You know, it's David's sin that, that happened in his life that worked devastation to Uriah, that devastated Bathsheba, that devastated him, that devastated his nation. 
It also brought shame and reproach unto the rule of the kingship that David had. But in that great prayer of confession, David's primary concern was what his sin had done to his relationship to God. Against you, and you only have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight, Psalm 51 says. Hide your face from my sin. Blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence, but take your ho- and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. What David exp- experienced and expresses is what every person understands because of the sin of our life. David experienced the offense that is before God. And he is the offender, and he's placing himself before God, and he says, God, I have offended you. I need forgiveness. I need to be relieved of this guilt and this emotional pain in my life so that I can go free. A person is defiled before God until they confess that defilement. We can no longer walk with God when something happens that creates a brokenness in our heart that hinders our true fellowship and communion with God on a daily basis. So the word of forgiveness is desperately needed in every person's life because of what sin does in our fellowship with God. Forgiveness is also needed because of what guilt does to the person. Scholars are not in agreement about this man, believe it or not. Some contend that the man's physical condition was not related to anything in particular, personal, act of transgression, or etc. Rather, they see his condition only as a symptom of the sinful condition of the whole human family, a sign of the brokenness that sin has brought. But knowing what we have learned about the power of guilt, based on our own personal life, I'm inclined to believe that Jesus knew all that needed to be known that the main physical condition was related to the transgression inside this man. Or he would have never said to him, your sins are forgiven and later say, take up your mat and walk. He put the two together. So Jesus knew the guilt in this man, the sin in this man's life, the transgression that he had done, was breaking him all up on the inside. And he knew the greatest need was forgiveness. Secondary was his walking. The understanding that Jesus had, knowing that guilt can be the destroyer of human happiness and well-being, Jesus knew that he was master over that and could provide help and freedom and life. The understanding of psychiatry has confirmed the biblical insight about guilt and what it can do to a person's life. This only, the only difference is that some practitioners are about, are about to you know, focus on the cure that they offer. Instead, sometimes someone needs to say, the problem is you. It is not anybody else. 
The problem is confess. Get on your knees. Cast your heart before God and say, God, I have sinned. Forgive me. Help me. It is not his fault or her fault. It is not my mother's fault. It is not the circumstance in my life's fault. It is not the happen chance that has happened. It is not someone else. It is my fault. God, forgive me. Hard to do. Because we want to we want this. Come here. Let me give you a hug. It's gonna be okay. It's all gonna work out. You'll feel good tomorrow or the next day or in a week. This too shall pass. It's not going to get better, and it will not pass until we place ourselves before God and say, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast your Holy Spirit from me. Do not place your eyes off of me. Come into my life and create in me a new life. That's good. It's good. Second of all, not only the word of forgiveness needed, but the word of forgiveness spoken. We look carefully at what Jesus said to this man. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The fact that Jesus used the plural here, your sins are forgiven, lets us know that it is a particular act or acts of sin that are forgiven. It's not just the simple condition in which this man was born into. He says, are forgiven. In Greek, that's present tense. This means that they have been forgiven and they stand forgiven. So it's something the man's done in his life. It's not what he was born into. So he's done something, not necessarily what caused his paralysis, but he's done something in his life, and Jesus sees it and says, I'm here to heal you. I'm here to perform the greatest miracle of your life beyond what you ever could imagine you needing in your life. And yet the man understands. He understands what Jesus is doing. To to forgive means to remove counsel or send away. They have been removed. The religious leaders who heard this took immediate action and thought, thinking, man, this guy... The implications of what he just said is that he's, he's blaspheming God. They're thinking, man, who's this fellow who can say that he forgives sin? And is he God or something? Duh. Jesus accepted the challenge, the forgiveness of sin and the healing of this palsy. He says, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or take up this mat and walk, but that you know that the Son of Man is God. He says to this paralyzed man, then I tell you, take up that mat and walk. The conclusion is clear. Jesus Christ has the authority to forgive sin, and this is to be seen as a sign of who he is that he has the earthly manifestation of eternal God, that he and he alone forgives the sin of this man, and the good news is he forgives you. 
and he forgives me. The word was spoken as a sign of compassion upon this sinner. Interesting, this poor man did not ask for forgiveness. But Jesus spoke the word anyway. He desired something else to be removed from his life, the burden of his paralysis. Do you think that that you may have committed some sin that God cannot forgive? Well, God is not shocked by anything you've done or I've done. And he's not going to run from what you've done or I've done. God is a big boy. He can handle the mess of your life. He can handle the mess of my life. And he can make it new again. It's not going to be too difficult for God to do his magic. And I'm saying magic. I'm talking about his miracle work, his power, his love. And to do something that changes the inside of us. He stands ready to forgive because it's already finished. The cross has been sealed and it has been nailed. The tomb is empty and, and, and he is Lord and he is alive today. Third of all, the word of forgiveness received. Needed, spoken, and now received. The religious leaders might have a problem with this word of forgiveness. But the paralyzed man did not have a problem. There's no argument. What? Are you kidding me? These four friends has risked their life, drilled holes in this roof that we're going to have to repair, and we've removed these tiles that probably now are broken and chipped, and you mean to tell me I need something else more than the paralyzation healed? Are you kidding me? He didn't argue with Jesus. He knew what his need was. Brought down before Jesus. I've often wondered, was he swinging? Did he, did he, you know how when you, you're, you're kind of in the middle of the room, did he, did he start making a circle and swing back, you know, and get dizzy? But anyway, when all that stopped and he's just laying there, he didn't argue with Jesus. He didn't say, you're right. He didn't say, you're wrong. He just confirmed the fact by his silence that Jesus knew more about him than he really knew about himself. He says, your your sins are forgiven. Luke indicates that Jesus spoke this word when he saw their faith, a faith that was real. Surely it must include the faith of these four friends because they'd have never agreed to drop him down through the roof if they didn't have the faith to believe that Jesus had the power to heal. It required faith of this man to consent for the actions of these four friends to drop him down and to lay him before Jesus. So we can expect that the word of forgiveness was received by faith on the part of this crippled man as well as the four friends. But do we not have to wonder in our own minds this demonstration of faith and what it really did? No way. We know. We understand. Because when Jesus said, I tell you, get up, take up that mat and go home, and this is exactly what he did. There was something in the way that Jesus said it that created that authoritative tone that prompted this man to attempt the impossible and to respond to the word of Jesus. 
The word of forgiveness was always and and is always received by faith. Even this poor man could have refused to believe and the word would have been of no avail to him. Do you believe that Jesus has the power and the willingness to forgive you? Absolutely. Are you ready to receive that forgiveness? Use your faith and ask him for it. This is the act of faith. You've got to ask. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. He responds to that faith. The word was received with joy, as Luke says, and immediately he stood up in front of them and he took what was he'd been lying on and he rolled it up and he went home. Forgiveness brought a renewed sense of favor and peace from God. It filled the heart of the man with peace, joy, and praise to God. I've seen it happen just like this. I may not have seen the healing miracle, but I've watched men and women respond to the word of forgiveness by faith and have their hearts filled with joy. That's running over. The defilement and the guilt caused by sin is removed in one beautiful moment when they have the confirmation within their heart, I am forgiven. I'm free. And the great news is that it can happen right now. Not tomorrow, not next week, but right now. What would have to happen for you to experience God's wonderful forgiveness this morning? Three wonderful things I give you about forgiveness and what you and I must do. Number one, you and I must admit our need. When confronted with his need of forgiveness, the paralyzed man did not protest his innocence. He was ready to admit, I have sinned. He did not protest that it's a mistake in his life. God forgives sin, so the place to begin is to admit, I have sinned. Number two, is to place our trust in the authority and the willingness of Christ to forgive our sin. Unless you and I are willing to acknowledge that He can and does forgive sin, you and I will never get rid of the burden that weighs us down. And number three, you and I must claim our forgiveness by faith. Claim our forgiveness. There is no better way to do this than by simply asking for it. The simple prayer addressed to God through our Lord Jesus Christ is enough to do it. God will do the rest. He will cleanse the record of heaven and all the defilement is wiped away and the clean conscience comes back alive. He removes the sin as far as the east is from the west and they shall never meet again. He does not bring it back up later to remind you of what you've done. The record is clean. It's not I remember when. It's I know you as a new person. Cleansed. Will you allow God to do it right now in your life? God, I am a sinner. That's one thing. 
but it's another to say, God, I have sinned. We're getting a little bit specific. And when he reaches down into the heart, in the crevice of our heart, and he begins to massage the inside of who we are, the, the essence, the being of who we are, and he begins to pump life back into us with that new heart, that new essence, that new being, something wonderful happens. We're able to hold our head up and look into the mirror and say, I love you. We're able to look at our neighbor beside us and say, I love you. Regardless of what they've done. Regardless of how they've treated us. We're able to look at him in Christ's love and say, I love you. You're special. I want to help you. I want to see you grow and mature. Are you willing to receive that forgiveness for your life right now so that you can make a difference in the relationships all around you? First of all, your relationship with God, more importantly. And second, the relationship with others. There's no greater time. You know what? Making that confession can happen right where you sit. It can happen with your eyes open. It can happen right at this very moment. And it probably has just happened in some of our lives today. You've already made that confession. The doors of heaven have been wide open. The windows have been raised to hear your prayer to enter the throne of God. And guess what? It has not changed heaven. Your problem and your sin has not changed eternity. Eternity is ready to change you. So you, will you make that confession today? Will you affirm it in your relationship? I promise you, you'll be like the man. You'll forget why you really were raised or lowered down into the room. You know, there was no problem for that man. It didn't say he had to grunt and moan and look to his friends and say, give me a hand. You know, I've been paralyzed and I can't, I don't even know what it means to walk. He didn't, none of that. He said, okay. He jumped up, grabbed up his mat, rolled it under his arm and took off and went home praising God. You know why? Because he found forgiveness. And that was the healing he needed. So regardless of what you think your ailment is, it just may come down to you saying to God, God, it's not anybody else's fault anymore. I'm the problem. Forgive me of this offense. And again, it's not going to change heaven. Heaven's going to change you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this moment that you've given us, the thoughts that we share today, the power of those thoughts are so evident and real all throughout Scripture that we can be reaffirmed through your word that you will do all that you will do to bring about that new being within us, the creation of a, a steadfast spirit, the creation of a new heart. Thank you, Father, for what you've already done, what you're doing, and what you will do. In your name that we pray, amen.